Thanks, Pastor Stevie. I, I want to see a picture posted of him in a Snuggie. So I, do, I double dog dare you okay. to post a picture of yourself in a Snuggie, and then we will all need counseling after that because that's, that's a little bother. No. Hey, man. Hey, how are you doing? Good. Good? No, good. If you're here for the first time, thanks so much for being here. If you came back, thanks even more. Yeah. Because that was a choice, right? <laughs> so I'm glad you're here. We're starting a two-week mini-series. And um, as far as Wednesday nights go, and it was like, oh, no. So here's our main reason why we take a couple Wednesdays off. It's for our volunteers. And our volunteers are amazing. So volunteers, this is for you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for putting up with these people's children. Week in and week out. Um, and, and so anyway, it's going to be good. But I actually forgot. I'll be honest, I forgot because I was already looking forward to Wednesday. I knew what I was teaching on. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot we canceled. Um, and so we'll just have to do it the next weekend. But I want to share with you today, uh, today's message is not as short as last week's. Okay, get it out. Aww. All right. But hopefully it's good enough that you'll keep your attention. Uh, what we are looking at today is two doctor visits for this week and next week. And uh, how I, as I started developing this message last week, I realized uh, that it's going to be really long if I try to do it in one Sunday. And typically when that happens, um, I don't get to a lot of the main points and I talk really fast. Yeah. All right. So I want us to get this. I want us to digest it. And we are talking today about fighting the entitlement mentality. It's, it's something they struggle with in the Old Testament and the new part of the New Testament. Today's generation has no idea what entitlement is because they work so hard for everything that they get. Yeah. All right. So we're going to develop this message. And the first one is like the diagnosis. That's what today is. is about diagnosing the problem. Next week will be solutions to get better with the problem. Yeah, so I want you to make sure to show up next week and bring your teenager. They need to hear what I have to say. Yeah. All right. And they'll realize that you're not the only mean human being on the planet that's an adult. Because even Pastor Dan is going to say, this is how it needs to be. So I want to start out with the obvious. We'll be in Luke chapter 17. Uh, we're going to get into the message. So those of you who think we should do the Bible verse right at the beginning, uh, it's kind of the way I usually do things, but we're going to get to it, all right? We're going to talk about the 10 lepers. Uh, but I need to lay a foundation first of information before we get into the story. So the story means a little bit more. But I want to state the obvious, okay? And that's this. We need to be thankful. Amen. Okay? End of sermon, number one. Be thankful. We all know that. And as we go into Thanksgiving, as we go into Christmas, okay, we know that we're supposed to be thankful. You don't need a sermon on this, do you? Because we know we're supposed to be. What we're dealing with is the root of what causes unthankfulness, because we're almost going to look at this in the reverse way, because I thought, you know, I could preach a, a sermon on thankfulness, and we all, yeah, we know we're supposed to be thankful. But what actually causes unthankfulness and that's what we're going to be dealing with in this two weeks, all right? Uh, being told to be thankful does not create thankfulness. Right. Being told to say you're sorry does not create, I'm sorry, right? Yeah. Well, most of us have to do that. When we tell our kids, hey, tell your brother you're sorry, it's, it's, it's not that they're, you're creating this compassion. It's that you're teaching them how to do it. It's preparing them for marriage is what it's really doing, right? Don't just say, you're sorry. We all know that we're supposed to be thankful, but what my goal today is not simply to remind us that we need to be thankful, but to look at the root of what causes us to be unthankful. So I want to start out with a question, and, and that's this. Who has been to a third world country? If you've been in the military, you probably have been. Missions trips, which used to be a thing. Nowadays, you know, we used to go to Mexico a lot. Uh, nowadays, with the cartel stuff, it's just, it's dangerous to, take, to go missions trips there. Uh, but I've been to Mexico four times. I've been to Haiti once. 
and I've been to Melba uh, one time. So I understand... <laughs> I had to throw that in. All right. I, I understand third world countries. I've been there. I've seen orphanages. I've been a part of the orphanages and with through Convoy of Hope. And, and I've seen lack. I've, I've seen what, what kids don't have. And yet they're smiling. I've seen kids who get to take home a little ball of rice for the whole day for their family. And, and we complain or our kids will complain that there's nothing to eat. And if a, a little Haitian orphan came to your home, they would not say there's nothing to eat. Amen. They would not open your fridge and go, oh, leftovers. <laughs> they wouldn't go to your pantry and say, oh, there's no food because all they have is just a little ball of rice. So perspective is super important. And that's really what we're going to do today is, is build a perspective on what creates unthankfulness. All right, one of the biggest problems I think our world has is ungratefulness. I really believe that. There's an unthankfulness in our world, um, if not the biggest problem, because what causes most sin? Unthankfulness. Like a person that steals, all right, might do it for a little bit of fun, but it's ungrateful for what they have. All right, a person who cheats is ungrateful. For what, so any, any sin, I'm going to say, if you can look back at the root, it's probably an ungratefulness. So have you ever met a genuinely thankful person? I think we can think, if I, if I say the word genuinely thankful person, whose name would you write down? Like they're, most, hey, they're, they're thankful a lot. But I will tell you this, they leave an impression. Somebody who has thanked you for what you did for them or, or just had a share of thanks, all right, that leaves an impression and it's easy to be generous to a truly thankful person. And I think that's how God looks for us. Now, have you ever met a genuinely unthankful person? It is also obvious and they don't even have to say anything. You just know it. But unthankfulness also is easy to recognize so my question with this, okay, is have I ever met a genuinely thankful person? I wonder, I ask myself this question, I wonder how God sees me in this area. Like, does God look down? I mean, God does look down, but does he see Stan Johnson as a truly thankful person for what he did for me? Not just the daily blessings, but the fact that he sent his son to die for my sins so that I didn't have to spend eternity in hell. I get to go to heaven on just a completely on what he did for me. Does God see me live my life as a thankful person? You see, most negative things are easier to see in others than in ourselves, aren't they? Like we can see negative things a lot easier in somebody else than in ourselves. So we're talking about dealing with us today. When is the last time you heard somebody say, I'm just an ungrateful person? <laughs> like, I'm just unthankful. I don't appreciate anything. Is anybody... Okay, I didn't get any takers in first service either, right? Very, very, now we can say I was unthankful, like I had a moment I'm thankful, but, but I've never met somebody who just said, oh, I'm just an unthankful person. That's my problem, but I'm not changing, okay? I try to start every morning with a prayer of thanks to God for giving me a second chance at life. I really just try to say, God, thank you for a second chance because I was headed for hell and you saved me. So when I will set my day with a perspective of I deserved hell, but I got heaven, it sets the tone for the rest of my day, or at least it should. To be thankful, not just for all the blessings that God gave me, but just the simple fact that I get to go to heaven when I die because of what Jesus did for me, because I accepted him as my savior, that alone should cause me to be joyful. It should cause some thankfulness to say, you know, it doesn't matter if life, you know, goes crazy the rest of the way, just the fact that God allowed me to know him should create a thankfulness in me. So that's the tone for my day. If I live my life in view of the cross, it changes my perspective on everything. That's really what today is about. It's about changing perspective. So, uh, perspective. So, have you ever received something that cost somebody else? That cost somebody else? You ever, you ever used a toilet or a gas station and you didn't buy gas or a candy bar? Right? Do you realize that it cost them something? Like you flushed the toilet, at least hopefully you flushed the toilet. If you use toilet paper, it costs them for the toilet paper. When, when my wife and I, we used to go back to California, um, 
kind of like going back to Egypt, right? Um, right? Because I grew up there, so I know. Uh, I was by the Oregon border, but I was still there. I was still there. And we'd go back and we'd stop at McDermott. Everybody knows where McDermott's at. If you came up from, from Cal, you probably know where McDermott's at. And there's a Say When Casino. Not, I'm not advertising. They don't pay me to say the name so that you can put a quarter in when you go back, all right? But that's where we used to stop for the bathroom. And I always had this thing of I need to put a quarter in to, to just pay for the toilet that I just used, right? I had this thing in my mind is I don't want them to cost so I put a, a quarter in. If I happen to win something, yay. Um, but, but I didn't. But I, I will feel guilty stopping at a gas station or someplace to use a toilet that I don't purchase anything. There's something in me saying I just cost them something, but I did not contribute anything, now, I'm not promoting gambling, okay? Just so you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to lay down 100 because I'm really appreciative of the gold-covered toilet that they had. <laughs> no, I, I want to understand that when I go even to my parents' cabin and the ranch, that it costs them electricity. Like, the, the, if, the, if the heater kicks on, if I use hot water, that it costs something, right? And I want to live life without appreciation. Uh, let's talk about the number one complaint in marriage. Here's what I believe. Most marriages, most relationships struggle with this one thing. Number one marriage complaint, I believe, is feeling unappreciated. That every single one of us have felt this, haven't we? And you know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about. Maybe even this morning. Right now, you feel they don't appreciate me. Isn't it weird how when we're dating, we look for all these ways to, to, to praise what is and downplay what isn't? Like, we can have all these red flags. You can have your girlfriends or your guy friends going, you shouldn't be dating this person. Then look at all this, you know, but, but, but they're cute. Yeah, but they have a spending problem, and they're an addict, and they're, you know, still dating four other people, but, but you're the one, right? And they're going to leave them as soon as, no. We, we spend our whole dating what I like about them, ignoring the red flags, and then we spend our whole marriage saying what I don't like about you. It's the same person, Right? Aren't we messed up as humans, right? Because when we're dating, it's what I like about you. Now, all of a sudden, you can do 99 things right, and it's that one thing you do that ticks me off that I'm going to focus on. And we need to get over ourselves, church, right? We, we need to not let that one thing. We need to look at a whole and go, you know what? They're a great wife. They do all these things. And they have, one thing might be, or they're a great husband. They do all these things right. But that one thing, am I going to harp on that one thing? My, my pastor, my church is great, but it has that one thing that he said, I'm going somewhere else. Like they say, if you, if you are looking for a church and you find the perfect church, don't stay because you will ruin it, okay? Because there's no perfect church. There's no perfect pastor. There's no perfect ministry. Where do we go on the thankfulness thing, right? Here's, I believe that it's the main root of most problems. So we seldom have problems, hear me, with people who show their appreciation toward us. I don't know of anybody who shows appreciation to somebody who's hated by the person they're showing their appreciation to, Matter of fact, we tend to gravitate toward people who compliment us, right? We don't avoid those people. If somebody compliments us, we tend to gravitate toward it because that's human nature. And I want, I, want to, I want to address something here. How many of y'all have a hard time taking a compliment? Like, just be honest. You have a hard time taking a compliment. Can, can I share something with you? I, I, I'm going to say, right, that I really felt God speak to me because it was, this is when my prayer time is I was praying about this, the, like compliments and what people, how do, you, how do you navigate that? I really felt like the Holy Spirit spoke this into me that a compliment is like a gift. And when you get a gift, you don't judge it, you don't analyze it, you simply say two words. Thank you. Thank you. Just say thank you. Because some of you have a hard time accepting a compliment. And, and I felt God saying, again, it's just a gift. And when you get a gift this Christmas, 
I don't want you to look at it and go, oh, I hate this. This is stupid. You bought me a gun? Come on, all right? You bought me bullets? You bought me shoes? You give me a gift card to buckle? I don't like buckle, right? I like Velcro. I don't like the buckle. I like... We can complain about the gift when the gift given should just be thank you. When God gave his son to you, the worst thing you can do is say, well, God, I just don't deserve it, so I'm not going to accept it. You know, you, all my sin, all my garbage, everything. Okay. When, when God gives the gift to you, what do you just say? Thank you, right? Just say thank you. It's a simple thing to do, to look at a compliment as a gift. Now, I'm not talking about flattery. Some of y'all get flattered because you're the boss and they want something from you, Okay? There's a lot of ways I could take this right now. I think we'll just, we'll just leave it at that, okay? Come up with your own conclusion. If we're, if we're flattering people to get something from them, that's wrong. Learn to recognize flattery, all right? Learn to recognize it. But I'm talking about a genuine compliment. Just say thank you. Just say thank you. We're clear with that? Okay, here's what I know. What we get familiar with, we tend to appreciate less, I could probably stop right there, and, and that would be the point, okay? That, that what we get familiar with, we tend to appreciate less. You might have a great spouse or great kids, but they do the one thing, and it's like, ah, spins you up. I don't want to be so familiar with what God has done for me that I don't appreciate him. I want to think, be thankful every day for what he did. So this is why it's so important to put everything into perspective. I deserved hell, but I got heaven, Okay. We're eager to accept grace when we mess up, but we're not very good at giving it, are we? Like, we love grace. Like, we love, if you get stopped by a police officer, you, you love the grace. You love the, okay, you're not getting the ticket, but slow down. But when the knucklehead flies by you and gets caught, we're like, write him up. <laughs> right? We all want that. We're like, they were driving like a crazy. I hope you give them double things. Okay, we'll even stop and give a, t- a testament. Like, no, they blew by me at 180 miles an hour. There's no grace given when they're the one that's speeding, right? But when we're speeding, we have this good excuse. But our problem is, is that by nature, we are not very thankful. And that's what I'm addressing today, really, is it's our nature to not really be thankful. We don't lack much in America, okay? We don't really know lack as Americans. And yet we can become very grateful. Pastor Stevie, did the heater kick on again? Could you? If it did, I'm, I'm thankful for heat, but bro, I need some AC right now. I'm thankful for Pastor Stevie. Let's give him a, a short round of applause. There you go. That's good. We don't want it to go in his head that he knows how to control things. Um, thank you. I've, I felt the heat kick on, so I was, I was roasting. Um, I don't care how you feel. I care how I feel. <laughs> no, I know. If I got warm, I got the heat lights on me and whatnot. All right. We're not very thankful. Okay, this dates back where? To the Garden of Eden. I want you to picture this, all right? There's this perfect environment. God makes a perfect environment. He, he creates a garden, meeting, everything's beautiful, everything's great. He creates this perfect man, breathes the breath of life into him, all these animals, and Adam, you know, he's kind of looking around. I think Adam probably felt a little bit left out because God looks at him and goes, it's not good for you to be alone, bro. He's like, yeah, I know, man, I'm suffering here. I'm looking at all, everybody else has this female, but what about me, Lord? That's adding extra that is not in the Bible, but I'm thinking he's a man, right? So what does God do? God takes, you know, the rib out, makes Eve, creates her to be beautiful, gives her the partner, and, and everything was cool. I mean, Adam knew not to touch the one tree. God says, you can do everything you want is to eat, but that one tree, stay away from that. Adam's like, yes, sir, no no problem. We don't ever know that Adam walked up to the tree and went, ooh, that looks delicious. We don't ever know that Adam's like getting close to the tree of good and evil going, I know there's a lot of other good fruit, but this one looks really yummy. There's no, I think Adam was just ignorant. I think he just went, yep, God said, don't touch it. I'm not touching it. Then... 
then, then Eve came along. Uh, and, and ladies, don't get your hackles up. Actually, ladies, put your hackles down because they did come up as soon as I said that. When, when, when did things change? Because Adam was quick to blame her, like that woman you gave me. And I was like, that woman you gave me. And God's like, yeah, but she's fine, right? And he's like, yeah, she's pretty cute, right? Uh, and and, and that, the problem came when Eve saw the one thing. They had one rule. There was one rule. He was like, you had one job, right? One rule, stay away from that. And, and she saw the one thing that she wasn't supposed to have. Everything else is great. Adam's perfect. The environment's perfect. Her home is perfect. The temperature is perfect. I don't think they ever thought, thought about the temperature. I don't think Eve ever said, I'm hot. Okay, so he turns it down. Ten minutes later, I'm cold. Turns it back. <laughs> Ladies, it's hard to live with you sometimes because we don't know what you want. It's like, well, what are you feeling, right? I, I, I came home one time and the windows were open, the fire was on. I'm like, I am so confused. Uh, is it ambiance? I don't know, right? I, I don't know how to do with this, all right? And when my wife speaks, she can tell you all the things that I do that annoy her, which is way more than, than that, all right? But there's sometimes we just don't know, right? Sometimes it's a sweatshirt, sometimes it's a tank top, but we're like, what? It's the same temperature in here, okay? Because it goes by what we feel. And, and, and Eve, and I'm not blaming Eve, she was deceived, all right? But she went to the one thing that she wasn't supposed to touch, and I think that's where this ungratefulness thing started because I have to, to, Bob, I have to just believe that she wasn't thankful for the 99% that she could have. It was the one thing that she couldn't. And, and honestly, a truly thankful heart would have said, no, look at everything I got. Devil, get out of here. Get out of here, you snake. I don't need that. I, look what God has given me. But no, she, she bought into the lie. Like God's holding out on you. And I think it was a seed of unthankfulness that she had her because God had to make us this way. God had, for us to have a choice to choose right, we had to have a choice to choose wrong. Right. So it's not a blame on Eve, because Adam didn't do nothing. It says Adam was there with, him, with her. Adam should have just cut that sucker's head off, and everything would have been fine. But Adam didn't, didn't man up. Whatever it is, he just kind of allowed it to happen, and they both get kicked out of the garden. So I think that seed of ungratefulness started clear back in the garden, and we're still dealing with it today. She did it because she was deceived into believing that what God gave her wasn't enough. And I think that's our problem today, right? Every commercial that you see is aimed at this weakness in us. What you have is not enough. The deceitfulness of wealth, the deceitfulness of possessions, what you have is what? Not enough. That's what the world feeds, okay, and it's trying to feed you that lie. So happiness and peace is not found in possessions. It's only found in a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ. All right, so if you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, you have no idea what peace feels like. Well, maybe temporarily if you're, from Oregon or Washington, you're smoking something, all right? Because I'm not going to lie to you. I've never been stoned. I've never done drugs, but I've seen it, and I've seen some pretty peaceful people. Mm, right? Life's crazy. I've also seen crazy, okay? So I've seen both sides, all right? But that's a temporary thing. It's, it's a mask. It's covering up the real. But if you've not given your life to Jesus Christ and you haven't got forgiveness of your sins, you're missing out on a whole lot of good stuff. Okay, because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He'll take our sin away, and there's peace found there. But to overcome something, you have to recognize and acknowledge what the problem is. And the problem is ungratefulness lives in all of us at one level or another, and that's what we're dealing with. For example, you might get mad at hitting a red light. Okay? Who, who loves just getting hit by not hit? Not literally hit. All right. How many of you getting, love getting stopped at a red light? Like, you come up, and you're going, and there's a red light. You just love it. 
Like, you're like, praise God, I get like, a red light, this is so good, I got, I got a red light, yeah! And then I'm next to you going, you're a moron, right? But I don't like red lights. But have you ever thought that as annoying as a red light can be that somebody got a green light on the other side? Like, you get a red light, but for you to get a red light, somebody else has got a green light. For you to get a green light, somebody's got to stop. And there's this yellow in between that some of you push, right? For some of you, yellow means slow down. Other ones, it means speed up. What's really frustrating is when you're behind somebody, it means slow down, and it means to you speed up, right? It drives you nuts. Or, or the person that pulls out in front of you, and they go slower than speed, but they make it through the yellow, and you get to stop. That always makes me happy. <laughs> like, pretty good, right? We're going to catch you at the next one, buddy, right? But somebody's red light means you're green light. But I don't like my red light to give somebody a green light. I'm not happy about that. I have not once, and I just thought about this day when I was preaching, I have not one time sat at a red light going, well, praise Jesus, they get green lights. Praise God, it's my fault. Hey, praise God, hey, praise, praise God. Yeah, I get red, but you get green, that's cool. That's cool, man, just keep going, no? And it's like the 16-minute light that you're like, come on. Matter of fact, Katie, true story. It wasn't Katie, but I was just talking to Katie. There was this lady on Meridian Road and Overland. I was texting. She was texting on her phone. I was in the right lane. She was in the left lane. I was watching her. She's just texting. The guy behind her, she's texting. The light turns green. I'm going. Jennifer, I'm just driving. I'm looking at my river mirror, and the lady's still there texting. Seriously. Still there texting. The light turns yellow, turns red. She texted her through the entire green light. And the old guy behind her didn't have the guts to lay on his horn as Pastor Stan would. I give you like three seconds, bro. Like three seconds. I'm on the horn, and I'm like polite. <laughs> That's defined polite, right? Yeah. And, and, and she texted through the entire light. Now, the guy behind her, either he was blind and couldn't see, or he just had a lot more patience than me, all right? I am not impatient. I am a good time manager. It's a difference, okay? There's a difference with that. At least that's my excuse to my wife. When she's like, you're so impatient. She's correct. I can be very impatient. But I also like time. I'm a good time manager. But, but your red light means someone else's green light. Or your team's loss is another team's win. Now let's get real. Okay? Your team's loss is another team's Are you happy when, when your team loses so that your friend could experience the joy of a, what a win feels like? No. See, what I'm proving here is that we are selfish in nature. I want every light that I go to to be green. That's what I want. I want every green light. I wish I had one of those things the cop cars have that flash. They're illegal, but they turn the light green, Right? Uh, that's what I, 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 when I go through, I've gone through Eagle Road hitting all green lights. You know, it's like four in the morning, but it's, it happens. And I'm like, wow, I made it all through in green lights. Well, that's not the norm. Okay? Your team losing could be a friend's team winning. Well, we don't like that. Why? Because we're selfish. Okay? We're all self-centered at one level or another. Now, let me, let me give some more proof here. This is not going to happen. This is hypothetical. Let's say after church today... That, that when you leave, I'm going to stand at the back, and I'm going to hand everybody, unexpected, you didn't earn it, I'm going to hand everybody $100 bills. Like, you're going to get, everybody that leaves, almost everybody that leaves gets a $100 bill. And I'm handing, you didn't know, you didn't see it coming, you didn't know that. It was like, whoa, everybody's getting $100 bills. And I'm just handing them out until you get to me. And then I go, and eh, not you. Next. And I shuffle you out, and I start handing out $100 bills. You, you were going to walk out of there going, Stupid church. I'm never going back to this church again. Pastor standing, he picked everybody. Else, didn't pick me. How come he didn't pick me? How come I didn't get him? What's wrong? What's wrong? And, and you're going to drive out of here angry and mad that you didn't get something you didn't deserve, didn't see coming, and, and 
Frankly, you didn't even expect it. But because everybody else did, you can't tell me. Everybody's going to react a little bit different. Some of you aren't going to kick rocks. Okay? But in your heart of hearts, you would go, how come I didn't? You would wonder, why didn't I? Why? This is human nature. Every single one of us know that it's true. And there's going to be one person who go, no, you're wrong. Okay, you're not getting one. <laughs> like, you know, it's next week. Okay? Every single one of us would go, how come I didn't? Isn't that human nature? It's, again, we're dealing with the human nature. It doesn't mean that you're weird. It just means that you are human. This just happens, right? When we had the zone going, in, which we're going to open it up again, when we get our building done, that's our plant. And I remember giving this little girl a dollar. Like, it's like she needs, she needs candy. So she, I gave her a dollar. And all of a sudden, all these little group of girls come back. Pastor Dan, can we have a dollar? I said, no. He goes, why? She got one. I was like, because that's all I had. But they're like, but, but she, be, you gave her one. It doesn't matter. I wanted to give her one. And they were mad at me, okay, and they left the church at five years old um, <laughs> because I didn't, give them, I didn't give them a dollar. In their mind, it's not fair. It's not fair. And I don't want to have that mentality. Bro, can you kick the AC on again? I don't know what's going on with it, but my preaching ain't that good today, right? But I am, I'm, I'm warm. I'm warm up here. All right, let's get into the Bible now, now that I've told you my opinion. Um, and uh, hopefully everything I say is, is, you know, biblically correct, biblically accurate. But I want to tell you the story about the ten lepers. Uh, it says, now Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. Jesus is getting uh, closer to his death, closer to giving his life. And he walks through this town or through the, the border town on his way to his death, contemplating this is what I'm about to do for humanity. And he travels along the border uh, between Samaria and Galilee. Now, where was Jesus from? One of the places he was from. Galilee, right? Samaria was full of, of, of Samaritans. <laughs> That's what you remember from church. Wow, Samaria. Yeah. The Samaritans were looked down on in this culture. The Jews did not associate with Samaritans. As a matter of fact, if you read much of Jesus' life, whenever he hangs out with Samaritans, people have a problem with it. They're like, you're hanging out with what? Because here's what I know about Jesus. He doesn't see color. He doesn't see race. He sees a human, as should we, Right? He was colorblind. That, that's just, he it was a human. And so he would hang out with these people. So he's walking along. And as he was going into this village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They didn't meet him close. They met him. It says they stood at a distance, because that was protocol. And they called out in a loud voice. They said six words to Jesus. They said, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Now, this term master in the Hebrew is, is only mentioned seven times in the whole New Testament. And the meaning of this is one who stands alone. They knew who he was. They knew that he stood alone. So only seven times in the whole New Testament is this phrase, master, used. Connotation, one who what? Stands alone. And Jesus still stands alone. Have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went... They were cleansed, and I can imagine what was happening here, okay, because in leprosy, you need to understand how bad leprosy was in order to understand and appreciate the story. You could be like, oh, well, they had just some skin disease, and Jesus healed, and everything was great. No, no, to be a leper in this time, all right, today it's called Hansen's disease. It's still around, uh, not very prevalent in America. There's between 150, 250 cases per year in America, okay, leprosy, this type of leprosy that eats away your skin grows on the extremities, okay, your fingers, toes, nose, ears. And, and it, it, it cultivates in about 96 degrees, 95, 96 degrees. Armadillos are 95, 96 degrees. So armadillos are tests for curing Hansen's disease or leprosy. So if you love armadillos, I'm sorry, but they are used in, hum, in experiments, okay? You ever seen this product was not tested on 
Well, if you looked at a cure for leprosy, you would say this product was absolutely tested on armadillos. That was a lot funnier in my head than, than you took that, right? But, but armadillos, that's what the test is. So to have be a leper in this time, now, again, the, the, the parishioner of the synagogue, you'd go to the synagogue, and if you had any type of disease, okay, especially if it was skin-related, you kind of hid it. Because to have leprosy was to be an outcast. And the priest would be the one not to, to he would diagnose, he, he couldn't cure it, but he would diagnose what leprosy was. Now, in this culture, if you had leprosy, you were gone. You were, your life as you knew it was done. You no longer could be married or could have the spouse. You couldn't touch people. You couldn't be around people. You couldn't see your kids grow up, right? You would never hold your grandkids. You would never go to a bar mitzvah. You would never go to a birthday party. You would never go to a wedding celebration. You would never get to go to synagogue again. When you were diagnosed with leprosy, okay, it was an emotional shock as well as a physical shock that you were done as a human. You were ostracized. When you walked around, you had to stay 100 paces away from people if the wind was blowing towards somebody, and you'd have to yell, unclean, unclean, and everybody would just get away from you. You couldn't be around the public. They had leper colonies that that's where you were banished to. So your life as a leper was over. Everything you knew was done. People thought, well, they must have sin in their life, so they just so they have these colonies. You would never feel the, the warm embrace of your wife anymore or your kids. So to understand this story, you need to know how bad leprosy really was. It was bad. And so they're at this distance, and they're just saying, Jesus, have mercy on us. Have pity on us. And Jesus sees this, and he does something about it. It says, as they went, they were cleansed. It didn't say they were immediately cleansed. And I can imagine 10 of them, maybe some of them missing, you know, fingers and a nose in it here. And as they're walking, he says, as they went, they're walking along, and I can imagine them going, Fred, dude, your nose is growing back. You got ears, man. And he's like, my fingers. I can imagine the joy that these 10 must have. They're bouncing around going, I got all 10 toes. Yeah, right? I, imagine this emotion. As they went, they were healed. Fred, you're actually a pretty good-looking dude with a face. Right? Imagine what's happening here. Again, we get into the human side. of we, we, too often we sanitize Bible stories. We don't think about the emotions of it. Their life, and as they went to the priest of the synagogue, and they're like, hey, priest. And the priest is like, whoa. And they're like, no, we're good. I got all my digits. See? Got my nose back. I got my ear back, man. And, and the priest looks at these ten and says, you guys are clean. Certificate of man, you guys are you guys aren't lepers anymore. I mean, it's a great day, right? Ten of them, their lives are changed. They can go back home. They can see their kids, their grandkids. They, they, life is now changed, but something happens here. One of them, it says, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He wasn't just, "Hey Jesus, thank you so much for it." No, he was like, "Ah!" Thank you, Jesus. I've seen some of you do this who were set free from sin, like serious sin. You come into church and you're like, going, yeah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So we should be that way. When God sets us free from stuff, we should be vocal about our worship. Because I guarantee you, every single one of you, when you walk into the presence of God and into heaven, you're not going to go, oh, this is nice. That's better than I expected. If that's you, I want you on the mansion on the other side of town. I don't want you living next to me. I want, I want you a bunch of partiers next to my mansion. As long as it's from like 10 to 2. Because I want some quiet in heaven, right? 
No, when we've been forgiven much, the Bible says Jesus says we love much. Like we should be vocal in our praise to what God has delivered us from. But only one guy comes back, and it, and it bothers Jesus. Jesus mentions the one guy first. He's like, you know, one cap, he praising God in a loud voice, and he threw himself at Jesus' feet, and he thanked him. That's, that's the, and he was a Samaritan. Like the guy that nobody liked was the one that actually came back. And then Jesus speaks up in verse 17. He says, we're not all ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? Jesus is annoyed by this. So if you have ever been annoyed at what you have given somebody, they have not appreciated it, you're being like Jesus. Right? I'm giving you permission to be annoyed. Well, I'm going to live this verse today. I'm going to be annoyed, right? It, it, it bothers us, and it bothers us for a reason, but it's not an ungodly thing that it bothers us. Jesus was, was annoyed enough that it got into the Bible, like, he, he had this story written down. Dr. Luke is writing this one. Dr. Luke, this had to mean something to him. Okay, he was the doctor that followed Jesus, and he's writing this down. Imagine what Luke is thinking. Luke is like, I've, I've tried to treat this before. I've seen this condition. This is a big deal. That 10 were healed, but only one came back to say thank you. And Jesus says that we're not all 10 cleansed. Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. Jesus is actually bothered by this unthankfulness. He's bothered by it. So annoyed that he actually mentions it, it's here. And it's important to see that the 10, they're the ones that actually asked for it. Jesus didn't go by a leper calling and said, hey, who wants healing? <laughs> right, because that's kind of what we think. But, but they approached him. They asked for something. They got what they asked for, and nine out of ten never returned to say thank you. And that's a problem. Okay? It's the root of ungratefulness, okay? So there's two views that people have toward Jesus. He's either a savior to be, to be served or a cosmic vending machine to get what we want from him. Sometimes we think we can just punch the button and get what we want from God, all right? You see, I have to believe that Jesus can still be annoyed when we're ungrateful for what he's done for us. And I never want to live a day where God would think of Stan Johnson as unthankful for what he did. He gave his only son. I don't want my attitude and my actions to reflect any sort of ungratefulness. Okay, that's, that's in a perfect world because we are ungrateful. Okay, I promise you when I leave church today, I'm usually the last one out pretty close, that I'm going to have to wait 10 minutes to get out onto Deer Flat. Okay, so the la second to last person that leaves, go push the crosswalk button, and then I can get out. Everything's cool, right? There's always a way around it, okay? But here's the truth. We all know what it's like to do something for someone, and they don't appreciate it. All of us have a story. Every single one of us can say, here's my story. Here's, here's what I did. Here's the money I saved. I, I worked an extra job, and I bought a gift for somebody, and they were like, eh, thanks, if we got that. We're about to experience it, you know, with, with Thanksgiving, with Christmas, of, of, of doing something special, but having it not be appreciated very much. And next week, we'll talk about how do we deal with it, how do we deal with it in our kids, how do we deal with it maybe in our employees. And what I found is, is we give too much away. And the more you give, the less it's appreciated, right? In America, the more we get, the less appreciated we seem to have. So, but the truth is this. We're ungrateful because we're entitled, and unthankfulness is caused by entitlement. And again, next week is kind of the prognosis, like this is what we need to do about it. It's the I deserve it mentality. One thing that, I, I mean, I love my parents, and they've, they taught me so many things. One of the things especially they taught us was that the world doesn't owe you anything. The world doesn't owe you anything, okay? I, I had to work for my own school clothes. You know, starting eighth grade, it was you're buying your own clothes now. And it's amazing how careful I was. 
buying my own clothes. I was no longer sliding into home plate at recess. You know, it's like, eh, never mind. I don't want to spend money on pants because it's easy to ruin clothes that you didn't pay for. Okay? And so I'm so thankful for my parents. I didn't like it at the time, but it taught us something. The world doesn't owe you something. It doesn't owe you anything. Okay, what you want on the world, you got to earn it. And many of you who own businesses or your, your, your managers, you got there because you earned it. You got there because you earned it. Now, I've heard in the military, is this true? Because I wasn't in the military, that sometimes they'll promote you just to get rid of you. Is that true? Okay, so all you military people are like, yeah, it happens all the time. All right, so it wasn't that you earned it, it they just wanted you out. So here, here's a promotion, leave. <laughs> Don't take it that way. But promotions, I believe, need to be earned. And I think young people, especially today's day, you can, you can rise in the ranks super fast because there's nobody else working out there. Like, you could probably go to Taco Bell now and become manager in a day. Like, honestly, right? Which is probably true. But here's the problem. We feed this thing. We feed this deserve mentality, right? It's kind of our own fault. Again, we'll deal with it more next week. But we have fed this beast in our kids by giving them everything they want. So like I said, bring your teenager next week because they need to hear what I have to say. You'll giggle through the whole message. Go to get them, Pastor Dan, right? Because I'm going to be straight. I'm going to be real. Okay, there are help wanted signs everywhere, right? Look what's happened in the last 20 years. Uh, there's help wanted signs everywhere. And there's a workforce out there to fill these jobs. It's not like the population has decreased and there's no more humans, right? There's people that are just not filling the jobs. Why is this? It's because they're either getting by by the government, giving them money, or, the, or mom and dad's footing the bill for everything so they don't need to get a job. Like, why get a job when I can text all day on the phone that you pay for or play the video game that you bought, Right? So, so something has to happen that's going to change next week, all right? Um, my wife and I went uh, through Winnemucca this last week, and uh, I flew down. We, we drove back together from Reno. Uh, she had a photo shoot there, and just in case you want to know what she was doing in Reno, she's a professional photographer and does a great job. And so, anyhow, so I went down, and we, we drove back together, stopped at Burger King to get breakfast, and so we go, go up on the hill, and if you've ever been to Winnemucca at the Burger King, yeah, there was nobody there, and we're like, are they open? And the sign says they're open, drive is open. And so I left her in the car, and not in a mean way, like, let me go see if it's open so you don't have to get out. And I opened the door, and I looked in. I was like, okay, it's open. So we walked in, and, and there was nobody in there. It's like, I'm first in line, yeah. There's nobody to rub it in their nose because there was nobody there to know I was first in line. But I was first in line. And then I discovered that there was only one employee in the entire building. There was this, this guy who was super hard worker. He was probably the manager. He had the headset on. He was taking orders, and he was cooking. He was doing everything. And there was a sign that said, due to, you know, basically it was saying, because we have a bunch of lazy people in our world, nobody to work, <laughs> be patient with the one who is working. In essence, that's what the sign said. Only it was a lot more politically correct and nice, okay? And this poor guy, I, he was working hard, and, he, and we took order, and he's like, yeah, I'll get with you, and he's taking order, and he's, he's go back there cooking, and he's taking order, and I thought, this poor dude, I mean, working hard, and I think he was the manager. And I said, can you not find employees? He's like, no. He's so appreciative, okay? I, I'm not sure what his name was, but he was so appreciative that we came in, Hispanic guy, just kind, just so thankful. Thank, thank you so much for coming in. And man, I had this compassion that this guy is working his tail off and nobody's helping him. And I think, what is wrong with this world? What is wrong with this world? What is wrong with, with people needing work but nobody's willing to? It's because there's getting a lot of free rides out there, Okay. And so, again, we'll, we'll hit it a little bit more next week, but that was our experience is, man, what is, what is wrong with this, okay? You see, when the government pays you not to work, bad things happen. It's really true. There was a time in, in CUNA when Arctic Circle went in, a uh, godly man named Chuck owned it, and he was like a really good friend of ours, and, and there was a time that he said that he, 
he had so many kids from high school wanting a job. Like, they would come in and beg him for a job. Like, I, I just need to work. I want to work. And he would have to do, like, part-times just to get two kids to work because he, he really believed in work ethic. And that was his heart was, I want these kids to work. And now we're having to beg people to get jobs. Right? So, so something has shifted and I think it's an entitlement thing. So there's a lot of focus on mandating masks, mandating shots. How about we mandate work? Right? How about we just do that? You have to work, right? You don't have to get the shot. You don't have to wear a mask, but you got to work, boy. All right? I think that's what it should be. So our economy was created by work ethic, and its destruction will be lack of it. Okay? And so, that's, that's a, again, it's a thing in America. See, free stuff always comes with a price tag. And let's be real. Let's get this straight. The government ain't giving you money. Right? They're taking somebody else's and giving it to you. Right? Those of you who pay taxes, that, that's where it's coming from. We don't have a government that's going, hey, we're just going to pay for everything. They're either printing it or they're taking it from you and giving it away. That's right. that, that's what, and what it's doing is creating this entitlement mentality. Right. Okay? Several years ago, back when Enrique's was El Gallo, my wife and I took this guy, I, I just revealed gender, um, took this person to lunch. And uh, we were having lunch, and this person saw a, a woman who was kind of a single parent and with her kids there, and, and in, this, in this human said, hey, I'm going to get you lunch loud. Like, hey, I'm going to buy your lunch. I'm going to buy your lunch. And she's like, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And, and so we're eating lunch, and, and all of a sudden, this person gets a phone call. and goes, oh, I got to go, and walks out and goes, oh, can you, can you take care of her lunch, and walks out. Right? It's a true story. Chris and I were like, what just happened? Not are we buying his lunch, we're buying her lunch, and she thinks that he bought her lunch because he made a big spectacle of it, and we're quietly paying for it, and, and do we go, like, hey, by the way, he didn't pay for it, we paid for your lunch, just so you know, you don't say anything, right? And Chris and I were like, what just happened, right? So they said there's no such thing as a free lunch, but if you're a single woman, I guess maybe you could, that can happen, but it still wasn't free. Somebody had to pay for it, right? So when our government, guys, is giving, and again, I'm not anti-government. We need government. When it's just giving out stuff, it's just creating an entitlement, and, and it's, it's lacking incentive to work, and that's on its way to socialism, which doesn't work very well, okay? So, so again, free stuff appeals to our human nature, and that's what we're fighting. That's what we are dealing with, okay? It, it's a monster in us, and I, I, again, we'll talk about it more next week, but we think we're being good parents by giving our kids everything they want, but we could actually be creating a monster that we will later have to deal with, okay? And society will have to deal with. So we gotta, we gotta deal with it here. I think God takes the same approach, okay? He understands human nature. The more that he simply gives us, the less thankful and appreciative we tend to be. Okay, we look at, if you read, I've read the Bible a lot of times that I read, and there's a consistent thing. The more God blesses a nation or a people, the further they get away from him because they, they're like, well, life's good, so I don't need to pray anymore. Okay? Israelites were like this. It was up and down, up and down. God would bless them, and then they would get lazy, and then they'd get into captivity, and then they'd get right, and it's just this huge thing. And I think that's why we don't see a lot of miracles today. I think throughout history, God has done a lot of miracles, but it, it doesn't seem to change people for very long. We begin to expect it. Okay? We begin to expect it. I don't want God to look at me like that. I, just, I serve him because of what I get out of him. I already got enough. When I got Jesus, I got enough. Okay? Everything else is gravy. All right, God understands human nature. So he was impressed with, Jesus was, he was impressed with the one Samaritan. Again, in this culture, it was a low-class citizen before leprosy happened, and he got the attitude that Jesus was looking for, and that's an attitude of thankfulness, right? And Jesus was, again, bothered enough by the lack of thankfulness, and I'll say it again, to say it out loud. He's, he's pointing out, weren't there 10 cleanse? How come, where's the other nine at? What are they doing? He was bothered by that, and I think it's okay. 
So I want to point out here that obedience doesn't equal thankfulness. Let that sink in. Obedience doesn't equal thankfulness. They were obedient. They did what he said, but there was no thankfulness. So even your kids can be obedient without being thankful. As an employee, I can be obedient. I can follow the rules, but I can be unthankful. And so I got I to challenge that. I don't want to be guilty of that, all right? Um, getting the blessings of God, but not living a thankful life. So we've diagnosed this problem, okay? Next week, we'll cover the solution. So here's my homework for, for, for you for the weekend. I did not give this to first service because I preached long, longer than this, first, than this service by a lot. I was like 20 minutes ahead of you. Y'all, y'all cool? You learn enough? <laughs> I know your football game starts quick. You're like, if he needs, I can, I, can make, I can get the kickoff. Are you okay with your team losing so somebody, somebody else can be happy that there's one? No, right? No, I want my team to win, all right? They need to experience loss so they can appreciate a win next week, all right, against another team. Here's your, here's, your, here's your homework. Catch and correct yourself with unthankfulness. That's a simple homework, right? Catch yourself being unthankful, whether it's an attitude or whatever, and call yourself on it to go, oh, you know what? That was, that was unthankful right there, okay? That was unthankful right there. Now, I had all week to practice this, so I'm good. It's not how it works, is it? It's a moment-by-moment -moment thing that ungratefulness lives in us, and it always wants to be fed. It always wants to come out. So when someone does something for you, be thankful. If you go out and eat, leave the wait, wait staff a good tip, okay, on a job well done, right? A job well done. Make sure it's a job well done. I don't, I'm not a believer in leaving great tips for jobs not well done, Amen. okay? It, if it's over and above, all right, leave a good tip. Do that. And not, not just leave a good tip, but tell them thank you. Say, you, you got a great work ethic, Thanks for smiling, you know, because you know, their life's not perfect. But, but give them a verbal compliment, but money speaks a lot louder, doesn't it? Right. I can tell you you're good looking, but if I throw a hundo at you and say you're good looking, and actually, that could be taken wrong. That's just not, that's not a, that's not, let's just forget I said that. Um, <laughs> editing staff, take that out of the live feed, please. All right. Like I said, motive is important. I think I just got red. Pastor Stevie, turn the AC on again. I just got hot. Uh, all right. Okay, I'm redder than my shirt. <laughs> I'm matching. All right, in all, in all seriousness, if you guys would stay serious with me, my question is, is where is your walk with Jesus today? Because let me, let me be honest with you. If you do not have God's grace in your life, you do not have a peaceful life. Okay, peace only comes from accepting Jesus' forgiveness of our sins. That's why he came and died. It's not joining a religion. It's not joining a church. It's none of that. It's a relationship that God wants to have with you. And the Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every single one of us have blown it. We need a Savior. We're sinners in need of a Savior. Every single one of us that have accepted Jesus recognized, I can't do it on my own. I need this forgiveness. I need this grace. A lot of us have tried different things, whether it's alcohol, immorality, a lot of things that we tried that just it made us feel worse about life. My question is, have you tried Jesus? Because he is the only answer that you need. Amen. He came to die for me. I call myself a dirty, rotten sinner, all right? Even though I may not have done a lot of things physically, if you only knew my brain, you would all agree he's a dirty, rotten sinner, right? Matter of fact, he shouldn't even be pastor in this church. He had that thought when he was 17. Oh, my goodness. Uh, all right. Now, all of us know what I'm talking about, okay? We, we're sinners in need of a Savior. And if you've never experienced this grace, you might be like, if, if pastor only knew what I did, it doesn't matter what I know. It matters what God knows, and God knows everything that you did, and he still picked you. He still wants to forgive you, but you just have to ask, all right? He knew what you did before you did it, and he still wants you on his team, and that's an amazing thing.
You don't have to get cleaned up to come to God. You come to God, then you get cleaned up. And let me tell you, every person in this place, we're still getting cleaned up, all right? So if that's you today, if you need Jesus, if you would just bow your heads, and again, I'm not going to embarrass you or point you out, but if you are here and you need to give your life to Jesus Christ and you want this forgiveness I'm talking about, I just want you to just lift your hand up where I can see it. Say, Stan, I know I don't deserve this, but I want it if it's free. If God's offering grace, I want this grace. Is there anybody within the sound of my voice that needs to accept Jesus as their Savior? Anybody at all? I'm not going to take a long time, and I'm not going to push you, but I'm just offering it, okay? All right, I don't see any hands. I hope that means that we're all right, okay? Because I believe Jesus is coming back soon. Okay, he's coming back soon. We need to be right. If you were too scared to put your hand up, well, come and talk to me. If you go home, just, just say, God, I don't remember the how to pray the prayer exactly, but I'm sorry for my sins. Please forgive me. That's, that's really all you need to do. And he will come in and he'll make you whole. Amen? We didn't deserve it, but he gave it to us anyway. Love y'all. And uh, again, thank you so much for being here. And uh, have a wonderful afternoon. Have a great day. See you soon.